What's up, mortals? This is Awesome Myths and Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. In this episode, I'll be telling a story of the beauty contest that led to the fall of Troy. So this one starts with the sea goddess Thetis, who possessed the gifts of prophecy and shapeshifting. She foresaw that she would one day bear a son greater than his father. Zeus, terrified of being overthrown like his father and his father's father, it's not a healthy family, decided that Thetis must marry a mortal so that her great son is only a demigod and thus no threat to his throne. Now, this is like a really mature decision for Zeus, who usually thinks dick first. The chosen mortal is Peleus, who is told to wait for Thetis on a beach and ambush her. And don't let go as she shapeshifts through all of her various forms, because that's how you find a wife. And they get married, and the great child born is actually Achilles, who is pretty great in his own right, except for the whole heel debacle. So before that happens, Zeus insists on throwing the wedding himself. He holds it on Mount Pelion, where there's a huge garden that can accommodate a giant party for all the gods. Everyone is invited to this thing. All the gods, all the demigods, everybody except for Eris. Eris is the goddess of discord and strife, which are both traits that understandably they were trying to keep away from the wedding. I'm not sure how Ares, god of war, bloodlust, and toxic masculinity, managed an invite but sure, let's, throw, let's draw the line at strife. Eris is pissed off to be left out. It's kind of like in Sleeping Beauty, where Maleficent just wanted to be invited to the party, and now everyone must pay. So being the goddess of discord, Eris decides to sow a little discord. She takes one of the golden apples of the Hesperides, the golden apple of discord, carves the word Kalisti into it, which means for the fairest. Eris goes to the edge of the garden, yeets the apple over the wall. No one remembers who found the apple first, but it doesn't matter because soon every goddess was demanding that the apple was meant for her, them. It eventually came down to just three goddesses, Athena, Hera, and Aphrodite. Hera being the goddess of family and marriage, Athena, the goddess of wisdom and protection, and Aphrodite, the living embodiment of love, sex, and beauty. Honestly, it kind of seems like a no-brainer, but everyone is arrogant. Me, 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 I'm the best. So they can't decide. Athena, in her wisdom, decides that they need a judge. Being Zeus's favorite daughter, she suggests that Zeus be the judge for their contest. Now, this honestly just doesn't seem like a wise decision, because while Athena is in fact Zeus's favorite kid, Hera is his wife, and in his constant affairs has seen her scorn firsthand. Meanwhile, Aphrodite is the goddess of love and sex, and seeing how sex is like the only thing Zeus does, it's another goddess that he doesn't want to piss off. Seeing that all of his options are terrible, he passes the decision to a patsy. So Zeus chooses Paris of Troy to be the judge and promptly washes his hands of the whole matter. Paris asks if he's allowed to set his own parameters for the decision, and Zeus is like, do whatever the fuck you want, nerd. Like, I just want no part of this. I am not dealing with the fallout. So it was decided that Hermes would escort the three goddesses to Mount Ida to bathe in the spring, and then they were, when they were all good and ready, they would come visit Paris so he could make his decision. When they were done dolling themselves up, Hermes escorted the three over to Paris, who was in his field herding cattle or something. The three walked up to him, and Paris was shook. They were all goddesses whose beauty could not even be comprehended by a mortal. They were so beyond anything he had ever seen before. This doesn't stop Paris from trying to see more. He's like, oh, geez, ladies, you three are more beautiful than I could even understand, but I think this contest would require me to see even more if you catch my drift, but it's not something a mortal can simply ask of a goddess. 
it would be improper for me to ask for all of you to take all of your clothes off and let me inspect every inch of your perfect na naked bodies. But like, also, how else am I supposed to judge a beauty contest without being the biggest creep ever? Wink, wink. But the goddesses were determined to win this fucking apple. So they all got naked in front of him. And he's like, oh, geez, how am I supposed to choose now? They're all super hot. The goddesses don't even wait for an answer. They decide to sweeten the deal. Hera's like, if you choose me, I'll make you king of all of Europe and Asia. Which is way outside the scope of the contest. But this isn't about anything other than pride at this point. Athena rushes in and offers that if Paris chooses her, she can grant him the wisdom to be unstoppable in battle. Finally, Aphrodite offers him the love of the most beautiful mortal in the entire world. And Paris is like, oh, you mean my cousin Helen? And she's like, uh, sure, you little freak, your cousin Helen. Paris is like, but how would that even work? Helen of Sparta is already married to King Menelaus. And Aphrodite is like, okay, I guess we're just going to gloss over the whole cousin thing. Sure, she's married, but I'm also the goddess of this shit. I do what I want. So Paris announced that he had made his decision and handed the golden apple to Aphrodite. What Aphrodite hadn't told him was that by choosing to take Helen's love, he would have set himself on a path of sorrow, death, and destruction. So before Helen had ever been married, there were tons of suitors looking for her hand in marriage because she was actually super beautiful. Her father, King Tyndareus, feared that she would be so coveted that the various suitors might not honor her betrothal once the selection had been made. So King Odysseus re recommended that Tyndareus have all the suitors swear a promise to defend Helen's marriage once Tyndareus had made a decision. Because sure, they wouldn't have problems with things like adultery or kidnapping, but never, none of them would ever break a promise. So once the promises were made, they were probably pinky promises, extra serious. Menelaus of Sparta was chosen and Helen was married off to him. One day while Paris was on vacation in Sparta, Helen saw him and instantly fell in love with him. She ran off to Troy to be with him. Thus Aphrodite fulfilled her end of the bargain. Menelaus, pissed that his wife just ran off with someone else, rallied the other major kings of Greece. Reminding, of them, reminding them of their super serious pinky promise to defend the marriage. So basically, all of the other Greek city-states took up arms and got on ships and went over to Troy. So Helen was said to have the face that launched a thousand ships to war. Which, let's be clear, none of this is Helen's fault. It's not her fault she's super hot and all these dudes are slobbering over her. It's not her fault her cousin made a deal with a goddess to manip manipulate her love. And it's also not her fault that all these dudes made promises to ensure that she would only bang the dude her father decided she was allowed to bang. All the Greek kings gathered their forces for war. Some of the notable examples of the Greek kings are Agamemnon, king of Mycenae, who was willing to sacrifice his daughter to Artemis for favorable winds during the war like fucking Stannis Baratheon, or Odysseus, king of Ithaca, who becomes the main hero of the Odyssey after he gets lost on his way home. Not people to mess with. Meanwhile, Paris now has to deal with an invading army. Aphrodite, the goddess who he chose, knows nothing of war, but you know who does? Athena, one of the goddesses he didn't choose. And Hera knows a thing or two about revenge, you know, the other goddess he didn't choose. What's cool about this war is that the gods and goddesses actually chose sides among the mortals. So the Trojans have Aphrodite, useless, Apollo and Artemis, pretty good, both are gods of archery, Artemis is the goddess of the hunt, and Apollo is also god of medicine and disease, 
So we can like shoot disease arrows or some shit. It's pretty great. Ares, which you would think would be a big plus, except he loses all the fucking time. Athena is just a way better god of war than him. And Leto, who is a titan and the mother of Apollo and Artemis, but she's the goddess of motherhood, modesty, and womanly behavior, so not exactly useful in a wartime scenario. Meanwhile, on the other side, the Greeks have Athena, the superior war deity, Hera, queen of the gods, Hephaestus, the forge god, who could do things like bless all of the armor and weapons, Hermes, the messenger, still useful, Poseidon, one of the big three, along with his brother Zeus and Hades, god of the sea, you know where ships go, and Thetis, the goddess whose marriage caused all of this. Obviously, she chose the Greeks, she married a Greek king, and her son Achilles is the greatest Greek warrior, with his 99% immortal body. Paris actually ends up slaying Achilles during the war. He shoots an arrow guided by Apollo, which happens to hit Achilles in his heel, the one spot on his entire body that's vulnerable. I cannot emphasize enough how important archers are in war. So even though the Greeks had this overwhelming advantage, Troy is placed in an easily defensible position, and the war drags on for 10 years. Eventually, the Greeks, Greeks develop a ploy involving a now really famous wooden horse full of soldiers. The Greek army pretends to retreat. The Trojans allow the horse into the city, and then the hidden Greek soldiers open the gate to let the rest of the army in. Troy burns down. Menelaus takes Helen back to Sparta, and all the kings rejoice because the war, the war is over and they kept their super serious pinky promise to make sure the hot girl only made hanky-panky with the one dude her dad decided she was allowed to make hanky-panky with. But then Odysseus got lost on the way home and had his own series of ridiculous adventures. So that's it for the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Subscribe to the podcast. Maybe tell a friend about it. Leave a comment about which goddess you would have chosen in the contest or even what you would have asked for. Because his goddesses were ready to give anything within their power, and I definitely would have taken a better prize than getting married to my cousin. <laughs>